0: Hallelujah. We serve a living God. And um, keep standing, please. Keep standing. Keep standing. Yeah, we become too comfortable sitting sometimes. Um, But the Lord has been good to us. And today as we celebrate the nations, and the various nations in this house, I want you to understand that we are here because of God and Christ. And Christ alone. Not for anything else. And I want us to make some declaration before we enter into the word of God. As the Lord has been really prompting my heart for us to really do this, we need to really work in that obedience. And I did it yesterday, last night, when I was in Lynchburg, you know, fellowship with the people of God over there last night. Amen. Oh, if you can stand, just keep standing. Amen. If you can stand, keep standing. Hallelujah. Stop getting too comfortable sometimes, you know. He's holy and righteous. He is holy and what? Righteous. First, I want to also thank God for your life that you are here today. I want to thank God for his holy presence that is not mess. we are not here for our own, but we are here because Jesus Christ is here. I also want to I want us to say these declarations. And I want everybody to be able to say it. Even those who the English is not, you know, it's a challenge. I want those who are helping with the interpretation, please make sure that you are sitting next to someone to be able to interpretate this words to them because it's necessary that the body of Christ, we are able to declare this declaration. Say, I receive you today, God. I receive you today, I receive you today Lord. I receive, you today. I receive the power in your blood. I receive, your... I receive your Holy Spirit today. And I received the seed of you today. The of you today. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that as many that received him, they became sons of God. The challenge that we have in the life of Christian, you know, the, the life of this world nowadays, is that we are willing to receive everything else, but not receive him. But if you receive him, you receive the very thing that you've been trying to struggle and trying to find. Because in him, there is the fullness of joy. In him, there is life. So I want us to say this once again. I receive you today, my Lord. I receive the power in your blood. I receive your Holy Spirit. And I receive your seed today. Father, we thank you. As we've made this declaration, so Father, have your way in our hearts. Establish your power and your might and your glory in us. That today we shall say indeed, our Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. Let every heart hear, Father, be a receiver of your word. Let every heart here be a receiver of your seed. Be a receiver of your life. Be a receiver of your power. Be a receiver of your hope. Be a receiver of your joy in the name of Jesus. That we shall leave after the end of this fellowship knowing that our Lord indeed dwells in us. We thank you for answering our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. amen. Oh, say amen. amen. Please have your seat. Amen. I would love to really say that I'm going to try to do the best I can to try to conclude the message today. As I began last week. But um, I want you to say to yourself, "The Lord, have, Lord, have your way. Yeah, so you don't hold me accountable. I also want to thank the Lord that He's worked miracles in your life. Because as I spoke last week about the topic of forgiveness, you know, that is a f- topic that is ne- that is not normally spoken in the church. Because and, and most Christians, we 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 have not become accustomed to the place of forgiveness and seeing the blessings in forgiveness. Hallelujah. Oh, can I get hallelujah here? But I, pro- I, I preach it, and I'm still alive today. Amen. Somewhere, it looks like you received it, and you are back today. Hallelujah! So guess what? You get a double dose. Hallelujah. Amen. Before I go into the word, I you know the main scripture, the theme itself is coming from the book of the Gospel of Luke chapter eleven. As we know, for the whole year we've been dealing with the Lord's, you know, the, you know, the pattern of God's prayer that Jesus Christ taught us, and it's amazing that from January to now, we've actually just been going through all these various sections of the Lord's Prayer. And it's necessary that the church and the people of God need to understand the need of prayer. I think that one of the, the the, the problem in church today is that Christians don't know how to pray. Can I get an amen here? If I'm speaking the truth, it's okay to say amen. Hallelujah. But the Bible makes us understand that we have been given the right to call upon our Lord. And when we call upon him, he hears our prayer. Amen. So we need to know how to exercise the place of what? Prayer. Amen. Before I go there, I want to acknowledge the servant of the Lord that the Lord has blessed us with today. For those who may not know him, he is actually my own son. Amen. A man of really a man that is really dwelling in my heart. You know, I love him. Um, he is a servant of God. I refuse to call him a musician. He's not. He's a servant of God. That God is using him across the globe, not just in America, but across the globe. You know, ministering God's word through worship and praises. And through that ministration, the Lord has been changing young lives and young people's lives in a very marvelous and powerful way. And we thank God for that grace. Seeing where the Lord took him from, you know, cultivating him from our church in Lynchburg. And now seeing how the Lord is using him to impact the whole world. It is a, it is a joy. Hallelujah. So I want us to give honor to my own son, a servant of the Lord. Minister Yao Osei-Wusu. Amen. He is also the founder of the ministry called The True Worshippers. And it's a, it's a ministry that has really impacted so many lives. And we thank God for that vision. Amen. Amen. So know that God has a reason why you are here. You are not part of this church just to be like, I love what Jonah said in Bible studies, that we are not here because we want to be members, but we belong here. Because if you know that you belong here, then you exercise your power and your right the Lord has given to you. Amen. So let's go to the word. Hallelujah. I'll try to go through as much as possible. For those who are not here, I'll try to give a little recap briefly so we can understand this really quickly. Luke chapter 11, verses 4. And I read. The word of the Lord says, And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Amen. Amen. And we also read from the Gospel of Mark chapter 2, verse 7, where it says that, Why does this fellow talk like this? The Pharisees was asking this question. He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sin but God alone? And last week, I took the time to teach briefly what forgiveness really is. And a couple of definitions I gave to the church was that it's, when you forgive, it means to send away or to give up something to a person. That you keep no longer. I didn't get an amen here. Amen. Or, in order for you, to, or forgiveness also means an, an the active of you being able to um, go to the, the another place. The ability to go to what? Another place. Or to depart from one and leave him or himself so that all mutual claims are abandoned. To go away leaving something behind. Hallelujah. And we spent time dealing with this very place because there is blessing in forgiveness. The reason why you and I are here today, because the first thing we encountered when it comes to understanding who Jesus Christ is, is forgiveness. But it amazes me that a lot of that blessing of forgiveness, most of us as Christians, we have put it on the side. When we came to accept Jesus Christ, the first thing he did for us was to forgive us. You see, if we had not obtained that forgiveness, you and I cannot be here today. But the issue of why we cannot experience the blessings and the power in our sonship as children of God is because we are still carrying unforgiveness with us. Can I say that here? am I preaching to a church if we did, deep down a lot of our problems with when I say antisocial, people say I'm anti-social the problem is that you are not anti-social God did not create anyone to be anti-social that you don't deal with people everyone deals with somebody everybody needs somebody somewhere somewhere somehow but the problem is because you are not able to forgive hey can I preach to the church here Because you are unable to forgive, you you prefer to be by yourself. So nobody mess with your territory. Can I get a church here? But your initial blessing as a child of God was through forgiveness. So that is the thing that you have to have more of. Because the more you have in forgiveness... The more, and I was, as I was teaching this last week, I, 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 I showed you a passage in the gospel that makes us understand the gospel of Matthew, I believe so, that tells us that if, if you go before the altar and you have a sacrifice to give, what does the Bible say? It says that if there is any issue between you and somebody, leave the sacrifice there, go back and reconcile with the person. And what I taught you last week by the grace and the help of the Holy Ghost uh, is that the act of your sacrifice uh, is an act of faith. So, if you are bringing a sacrifice as your faith, but unforgiveness is still in you, that it tells me when God says, leave the sacrifice there, go and fix it, it's because you cannot mix new wine with an old white skin because your act of faith is your new wine means that faith and unforgiveness they don't work together so if the bible says if you have faith show me your works meaning if you have faith show me How to be able to forgive. Because what Jesus Christ was saying to us. That father. We said Lord. Forgive us for our sins. And in vice versa he says. As we also. Has forgiven. Those who are in what? In debt. Meaning. That automatically. God has changed your position. That the thing that you could not do before. The ability to forgive. That you could not exercise before. Now God is saying. Exercise it. Because I have forgiven you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Say faith. And unforgiveness. They don't get along. Yeah, 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 yeah. The reason why we don't see power in our faith. But Jesus Christ said, if your faith as small as a mustard seed, you can speak and the mountains will move. But the reason why we don't see the move and the power of God in our faith is because a lot of us we are dealing and struggling with unforgiveness. Can I preach to the church here? Can I teach you this? Because every little thing that somebody does against you or say that you didn't like the sentence, you become upset. I didn't say they did it against you. They said you didn't like the sentence. (laughs) The fact that the sentence itself is not well-structured, is still a problem. But I came to reveal to you, God is willing to forgive us and has forgiven us. And it's about time that we don't dwell in a place of unforgiveness. Hallelujah. God, he says that before you were yet sinners, Christ forgave us. So what we have is forgiveness. What I carry in my DNA is forgiveness. So when somebody does something I don't like, what I do in return is not to pay back, but to forgive. Am I teaching you here? The old skin, the old wine skin cannot be mixed with the new wine. Because the scripture says that when that happens, the wine skin is not able to preserve the new wine. That it bursts and everything else is destroyed. What am I saying here to you today? One of the things I did not finish last week, I wanted to finish it a little bit, then I'll go to what I wanted to deal with today, since it's about all the nations. I want us to take the scripture to the Gospel of Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, verses 36. And all the way to verses 50. And I'll read. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flock of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him, weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears, and wiped him with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee, who had invited him, saw this, he spoke to him, saying, This man." If he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is. Who she is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed five hundred denarii, and the other fifty. And when they had nothing with which to repay, freely for, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will, will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who he forgave more. And he said to him, You are rightly judged. You have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she, was, she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair of her head. You gave me no kiss. But this woman has not, not ceased to kiss my feet. Since the time I came in, you did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed, has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, same loves little. Hallelujah. Then, he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to, to say to themselves, who is this? Who, is even, who even forgives sin? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. Say to yourself, your faith. Has saved, you. has saved you. So, to understand a little bit of the background of this story, Jesus Christ had finished on his way going, has encountered a centurion soldier who his servant was ill. And Jesus has healed this young man by virtue of just speaking the word. I'm, I'm getting some here for you to understand. Jesus had healed the servant of the centurion. Just by speaking the word. Now on his way going, likewise, a young man was found dead. And Jesus caused the young man to be resurrected. Am I getting some here? So in the midst of that, John the Baptist, who was then in prison, also then shows up not himself, but sends people, to go and ask Jesus, Are you the one? Are you, are you following me here, church? I'm getting somewhere very soon so you can understand where I'm coming from. And, and, and Jesus Christ instructed those who came with the message of John the Baptist to go back and tell John what has been happening. But then they didn't understand. And the the, the question, because at that conversation, Jesus was speaking also about forgiveness. So I believe very well that Simon the Pharisee invited Jesus to his house with the purpose to try to figure out who this Jesus Christ really think he is. So Simon's agenda was to figure out if he really is the son of God. Because who does he think he is to be able to forgive? But then whilst he was in Simon's house, a woman came. And the Bible tells us that Simon said the woman is a what? sinner. Means that everybody knows her not by her name. But what she has become, she has become a sinner in the face and in the eyes of man. But while Sam was trying to figure out Jesus, the Bible says the woman came and she started to weep. Now, she came with her alabaster jar and also she came with her weeping. Pastor, what are you saying here? She came, and the Bible says she started to weep. And she started to use her weeping to wipe Jesus' feet. No, 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 no. I, I want you to imagine the last time you weep, The last time you cried. It did not get anywhere, my brother. The tears started to dry in your face. But this woman was able to weep to have enough quantity of water or weeping or tears to wipe the feet of Jesus. So it was not any ordinary weeping. It was something that has dwelled in her that she realized, I am not here to figure out who he is because I've heard about the testimony of Jesus. How he healed by speaking the word. How he healed the man that was dead. But yet the Pharisees could not believe him. That is what we do nowadays as Christians. We are still trying to figure out who Jesus Christ is. But the testimony of the Lord is already proven to us that he is the God of yesterday. He is the God of today. And he's forever. So I don't need any other testimony. All I need to know is that my God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. The same God that did it 2,000 years ago, he's still at work. But the more you waste your time trying to figure that out, the more those who are genuine, that they have carried old skin for too long, The woman, you see, do you know what tears really represents? Tears represents, and ask yourself the last time you cried, what did you cry about? Tears speaks of the inner thing that is not revealed. When you are truly in pain, and you cannot express your pain, what comes out is tears. I wish I knew somebody had a testimony here. When the condition is so bad, what comes out is tears. When everything looks hopeless, what comes out is tears. Your tears speaks of the inner pain in your heart. And when this woman came, was her alabaster flak of oil. Her, 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 her years worth of all that, her prostitution and everything else that she had been doing. What she had gained, she brought it on the feet to anoint the head of Jesus. But she did not just bring a sacrifice, but she brought her heart because she brought her tears. And she wept at Jesus Christ's feet. It's about time that church will bring our heart to Jesus. It's about time that we bring our heart to Jesus. We are not just bringing our sacrifice. We are not, should not be just coming and say, I've come to church and I'm leaving. God does not need that sacrifice. But bring your heart. Bring your heart to Jesus. Am I teaching something here? Because if you bring your heart, then the Lord doesn't just send you away in peace, but he tells you, you are forgiven. Forgiveness opens doors in our lives as children of God. Hallelujah. Uh, Time is gone. But I want to end. I want to do something here. Go to Galatians chapter 2, verses 20 to 21. Say to your neighbor forgiveness. She no longer wanted to walk around as a woman called a sinner. Because that's what identifies her. But she wanted to walk around with something else. Are we are we are we not doing this? So the issue here is this, this scripture, since we don't always want to read it, I'll read it, oh, small, small, be a smaller church, so I'll read it to you, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in what, I no longer what? Oh, cannot say it with me. I no longer what, but who lives? Where does he live? What does that mean? If the one that you confess that lives in you is able to forgive, then why is forgiveness a barrier as a child of God? If the one that lives in you is the forgiver. No, 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 I want you to eat this word. If the one that lives in you is the forgiver, why do you entertain unforgiveness in you? I came to announce to the church that this house should be a house that would desire to forgive. When you see those who are not working right, your job is not to judge, but your job is to forgive. But it is necessary that your forgiveness will draw them to Jesus. Hallelujah. It is about time you need to hunger and thirst. You see, if you know what forgiveness has done for you, you will want everybody in your life experience forgiveness. Hmm? Because the Pharisee had not seen what forgiveness had done, he was all concentrated on something else. But the woman that knew that she needed forgiveness, came with everything that was in her. But it's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives. What am I saying here? We have to be willing, we have to be willing to come to Jesus. Not us, we who live, but he who lives in us. Second, we have to be willing to leave behind the sacrifice that we hold on to so much and think that that's what makes us who we are. When I speak about sacrifice, I speak about the things that you think that that's what makes you so cool. What makes you unique and different from everybody else. The things that you have you taken pride in. Leave it behind and come to Jesus Christ. What is so difficult that you cannot let go of your old nature? Why are you holding on to the old nature? Can the forgiveness of God, is it not greater than the problems that you may be going through? The forgiveness of God is far greater than the issues that the person has done against you. Can I get a church here? We have to exercise this power. We have to exercise this grace. And I'm going on. It says, and I also wrote here, that we need to be willing to come with our heart of tears. Some of us go to God and we act as if we got it all. But we need to go to God with a humble heart. A heart that will change. That he can use to change us. Hallelujah. Because we are created by him. In his image and likeness. We also need to recognize the supremacy of Jesus Christ. That the one that dwells in us is far above all things. The righteous shall live by faith. And if we ought to live by faith. Our identity is righteousness. The fruit we bear forth is faith. We cannot let unforgiveness come between us and the fruit that we bear forth. We are celebrating nations here. And I said it earlier, that the challenge that we have in the life of Christians now is this very place of forgiveness. But I want us to look at the book of Genesis chapter 45. As I'm coming to a close. Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 to 8. If you are there, say amen. Some people say amen without opening it. The Lord help us. You are forgiven. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 to 8. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, make everyone go out from me. this what Jesus, Joseph at this time being the prime minister of Egypt. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept. He what? He what? It's okay to cry. Aloud. And the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard him. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. My brothers and sisters, we have too many souls out there that need to experience the forgiveness of God. It's about time the church needs to go out there, go into your family, go into your homes. And reach out to those who are still lost. And say, please come nearer to my Jesus. We have been so concentrated in our own homes. We can't even evangelize to anybody else. We can't preach to anybody else. Because we know what we do in secret. But the Lord knows all things in secret. But God is saying that you are forgiven. Go out and tell your brothers and sisters. Come nearer to me. And see what happens. He says, So they came near that he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom you what? Sold into Egypt. Whom you sold into what? Egypt. Maybe in the course of your life, maybe people have done you wrong. Maybe people who should have been a blessing to you have forsaken you. Have failed to show it up when you needed them to show up. And when you see them, you don't even want to look at them. But listen, listen to what Joseph said. This is what makes him a righteous man. And I pray that the church will, be, will understand the need of being righteous. Joseph said, But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourself. Because you saw me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land. And there are five more years to come. There will be neither plowing or harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a prosperity for you in the earth. And to save your lives. By a great deliverance. God sent me ahead. That my life will preserve. What God has purpose. For his people. Joseph did not look at the problem. As if his brothers. Has done him wrong. But he said. You send me here all right. But guess what? It is the Lord that brought me. When you exercise forgiveness, you are exercising a life of faith and a position to be able to deliver the lost. The more you are able to forgive, the more you can reach out to those who are still lost. It's about time we stop trying to give credit to people that have done you wrong. Your nation that you came from may not have given you the best of the best. But today, did you know that God wanted you to be and deliver for your nations? That through you, America will be saved. That through you, Congo will be saved. That through you, Nigeria will be saved. That through you, Kenya will be saved. That through you, all these nations that are in this house will be saved. God sent you ahead. That you will become a prosperity for the nation. Your life is to go ahead. To make a way where there seems to be no way. The issue you went through is part of the process. It's part of the process. To get to your place of becoming a deliverer. For those who are still lost. Today I pray that you will know that God has brought you here for a reason. Let the old things go away. Let the life and the character of unforgiveness leave you alone and walk in the place of forgiveness. In Jesus' name, lift up your hands and rise on your feet.